Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. This is episode 55. What is up, dude? Going good. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing weird. I'm doing very weird. I had to, an, an event an event happened this morning. Does your does your does your dog ever vomit? She does, and um she specifically jumps on the bed to do it. <laughs> So it becomes it's a whole emergency. She I likes gotta, the she likes the attention. You never you never vomited on someone's lap for attention before, dude? I mean there there are tons of other places to <laughs> to vomit where it'll be like an easy cleanup, no problem. I understand dogs throw up, it's fine. But she has to jump on the bed to do it. And then I gotta clean the sheets and then I gotta take the comforter, I gotta walk my ass to the cleaners, <laughs> and then I don't have a comforter for like four days. Yeah, you're gonna set me off on the You're a so here. upset right now. <laughs> But I love my dog. Your dog but yeah, she does. Your dog she does is, throw up sometimes. Your dog is great. You know, so I, I, I remember back when I was a kid, and just kind of think about like what I thought adulthood would be like, and I did not realize adulthood, my specific adulthood, this 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 horrible path I put myself on, was going to be full of so much vomit cleaning, like an inordinate amount of cat vomit has been cleaned up by these hands. That I thought would like like solve cold fusion or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like design. Cats, What's up? Cats vomit a lot. No, they they. Uh... Well, my, well, I have two cats. Okay, which which means which means I have I have I have two fuzzy things that are trying to destroy me in different ways. So one of the cats vomits. One of the cats vomits like fucking no one's business. Okay, the thing is, she, she this is the one I told you about her who steals her sister's food. You so Ying. Okay. Ying will eat all of her food as fast as she can. She'll fucking down that shit like Kobayashi. Like 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 no one's business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then she'll immediately try and vomit it up like some kind of like 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 supermodel. You know what I mean? So just like just 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 picture like a like a like a Swiss Russo Kobayashi hot dog vomiting supermodel. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I have the picture. Excellent. So my cats have this strange behavior where when one cat eats, the other one's not in the room. Which is why the one cat always eats the two, two, two bowls of food. But for some reason today they were both in the room. Okay, this is kind of weird. Whatever, you know. My, my cats, you know, they have quirks. <clears throat> Fuck, oh, asthma's kicking in. And so the one cat that vomits eats her food, takes takes about two steps away from her food, and then just 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 lets it rip. Just Ralphs, just Ralphs something wicked on my carpet. And my my situation is very similar to yours. I have I have vinyl flooring. So it's 99% vinyl flooring, 1% carpet, and 1% carpet is the designated vomiting spot. <laughs> of course. But, of course. Because I figure she wants she wants her paws to be warm while she's just while she's just puking up. You know what I'm saying? That's the only thing I could think of. So the yeah, cat me too. The, <laughs> cat takes two steps and just goes blah, just just like bam. Just it just happens. Now the other cat sees this happen. I learned afterwards that apparently in the wild, when one cat or one, I guess, animal, like pack animal, even though cats are pack animals, sees another animal vomit, that animal vomits because it thinks maybe there's something wrong with the food. Mm. 
Oh, okay. So, so my my fat cat vomited, and then the other cat was like a few feet away, and she goes, eh, "Okay," Blah! and so then she vomited too. <laughs> and so I'm like in the kitchen trying to like like do dishes or something, and like I could have sworn I heard a second vomit, and I turned the sink off, and I, and I'm, and Becky's here, and I'm like, "Babe, did the did the did the other cat just vomit?" And she, this is this is all her. She goes, oh, oh, "Yeah." <clears throat> and so what happened was, the first cat vomited, the second cat saw the first cat vomit, then that cat vomited, then Becky saw the second cat vomit, and then she started gagging. <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard Becky gag, and then I started getting sick, and I'm like, "No, this is not how this is going to play out." <laughs> <laughs> this is. This is, I will not have this on my hands right now. Everyone has to stop this gagging bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Luckily, the humans, the two designated humans in the apartment didn't throw up. But that's not how I wanted to start this morning. Well, hey, hey, watch fam, is this the way you expected this episode to go? When I don't, play? I don't know. When pushed play today? I'm really sorry. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about vomiting. <laughs> Maybe that's like the taboo subject. We've talked about everything. Almost everything, maybe yeah, almost everything. Almost everything. Give it. Give us time. Give us that. That's. Give us till episode whatever. Fifty-two times two is what's fifty-two times two? One hundred and four. That's that's it. That's, yeah. Give us. Give us to episode one hundred and four, and maybe we'll talk about everything. But but yeah. So this is so, so I, okay. I I I I digress far too much. I vomit. I, I vomitorily digress far too fucking much. Um. There's a lot to talk about this episode. Uh, kind of a lot of like housekeeping issues, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of cool things happening in the watch world with no watch news wise. Plus today we have a super awesome topic. We are honoring tradition in another special way. Uh, the first episode we ever did was on affordable vintage watches. Then we did reoccurring episodes. I think it's probably our most done segment of all the segments, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I would so, say so. So today's episode is affordable vintage watches part four with a particular focus on dress watches, which is something that I know is very near and dear to my heart, but what surprised me the most is that this dress watch idea was Michael's idea. And Michael mm. doesn't like dress watches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, it, it can be fun because uh, a lot of times when you're when you're shopping for vintage watches and, uh, you know, really, really digging deep into things, a lot of times, a lot of, a lot of the coolest stuff you dig up is... Um, you know, just older dress watches. Yeah. And a ton of them are just junk, garbage. Um, but, you know, some of them are actually pretty cool and, and still available for, for under a grand. That's awesome. Uh, some of them are even kind of reimagined today and like reissues and stuff. So, yeah. So it's fun. Super, super cool. But uh, like I said before, there's a few things we got to get through. Should we honor tradition, do the risk check, or should we talk about watch news first? Let's do the wrist check. Let us honor tradition. Let us do the wrist check. I've been talking way too much. Michael, what are you wearing today? Uh, today I'm wearing a uh, a smaller watch. I'm I'm trying to wear smaller watches more often. My man. Uh, and it's um, it's a little little Seiko Five SNK eight oh nine, I believe. Is that the uh, white one? I think it's the black dial. Oh, okay. One. Let me let me make sure because I don't want to be wrong. I believe it's the 809 yeah so the 809 is the black one nice i i have it on a, a strap that i just bought actually and 
I'm really impressed with this strap. It's on a on a gray blue shark uh, NATO strap. Oh, so, cool. so before I had the Alpha Shark, which is like I think the dude's like premium, like premium line, but it was kind of it's really good, but just like very thick. Um, but this is just like a regular strap of his, and it's um, it's it's really nice. <laughs> I like I like this combination. Uh, the watch is thirty. 38 millimeters or 37 yeah that's um, always been a cool watch to have on a nato the snk 80 x series you know what i mean yeah yeah and um it kind of i don't know I've, I've been like looking at mark 11s and stuff like lately i don't know why and um you know i, I tried on that 36 millimeter stova at, at wind up i tried it on um, too man it was incredible but uh th- this thing is kind of just as fun it's uh it's a cool little Flieger style slash field style smaller watch that's just fun to have on a NATO and um, yeah it's I I I've been wearing it for a few days it's, it's fun. Didn't you used to have a white dial SNK eight zero series? Or am I, am yeah, I've had a I've had a bunch of these. Honestly, like I find them sometimes. <laughs> like like this one was just in a drawer, dude. He just um, he just the, the, the SNK fairy showed up again. Yeah, <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. I had two of the the cream dial ones. Uh, this one, I've never had the blue one. I'm actually I'm actually thinking about the blue one. Is the blue one the Amazon exclusive one, or is that the red one? Back enough? Nah, that's that's the red one. That's the red one. But um, you know, you know, kind of. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The Amazon one is is the red one. Mm-hmm. But you know, something like this, it's fun because this watch, um, with the blue shark strap, it's almost like. If you get those two things, it's like the Watch Fam starter pack for under a hundred dollars <laughs> right? on Amazon. You know, because because Blue Shark is on Amazon as well, and you can get these uh, little Seikos all day on Amazon. So, um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like the first watch I think for a lot of watch geeks, and it's you know it my first watch. You, yeah, yeah. Even if you have like a ton of cool stuff like lying around, like sometimes it's fun to just put on a, a watch that costs like less than a hundred bucks, and <laughs> you know it, it's been it's been cool, and and I love the combination of of gray and black. Um, you know, I went for a walk like this morning, and just like I was like staring at it the whole way. I'm like, man, this looks so cool. That's so <laughs> badass. Know? Yeah. No, I, I I it occurred to me. Those watches, the SNK eight zero three five nine, or the fuck series, they they usually hover between like forty and sixty bucks, depending on the season, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you think the ultimate tube of watch knobs giveaway would be one SNK eight zero whatever series in every color? So like the entire pack, the entire like pack set, like that would be what, like two hundred fifty dollars. yeah that's i mean that'd be pretty i i say it all the time like one day i'm gonna i'm gonna get them all you know that's so so cool but i just have to stop getting rid of the the cream dials (laughs) so it just occurred to me is the strap you're wearing more expensive than the watch it's on no no it's not okay (laughs) i wasn't sure if it was like a 40 or like a 50 dollar like nato or whatever how much is that strap i forgot to ask you uh this one i think is on amazon for like 16 or something that's oh, not bad um, at all. Yeah, no. I was thinking, you know, if you buy one of these and one of the newer adapt straps, um, those straps come pretty pretty close in price to some of these uh Seiko 5s. Yeah, but, it would basically be the price of the the, the little Seiko 5. 
but that's super yeah. Cool. I remember I remember Hodinkee did a did an article on the Seiko Five like a couple years ago, and people went so crazy over this specific Seiko Five that it's just like it disappeared. Like it just got like sucked out of Amazon after the the article published. But <sighs> yeah, they they wrote about it. They wrote about it on like you know the watch on one of their straps. So like the watch is like forty bucks, but the strap is like one hundred eighty <laughs> or two hundred or something. So, I just I'm yeah that that happens sometimes. <laughs> do you do you do you think if we can get Hodinky to write about world hunger, world hunger will go away too? Like like can they use their their powers for good? Do you think? Maybe if if people ate watches, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I can't eat watches. My I try to convince my wife that I can. What about that Moser that Moser cheese watch? <laughs> <laughs> you can eat that watch. Yeah yeah you can. <laughs> It'd be kind of gross because it's like cheese in resin or Ugh, something like that. Jesus. But I get you if you if you want like a little kind of what is it like those baby bell cheeses? That's basically a watch. I uh, the only reason is. I'm alive, Michael, is because of two things: my rice maker and baby bell cheese. <laughs> those little the little things like the wax. You like you get you peel them and you eat the cheese and you can like play with the wax afterwards. Yeah, yeah, little wheels. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I called them cheese eggs. Cheese? <laughs> That's funny. I was apparently too stupid to know what the fucking egg was shaped like, so I just called these fucking, you know, hockey pucks cheese eggs. <laughs> it's okay. I used, to, I used to think that I could, when I was really young, I used to think that I could eat um, through my ear. So interesting. I, it's a it's yeah. it's a head orifice. I could sort of see the thought process. <laughs> That's it's a, it's a head orifice, and I <laughs> I had to go to the doctor a lot because I would stick food in my ears a lot because I thought that I could eat <laughs> with my ears. My so my dad's a pediatrician, and I'd say about thirty five percent of his calls are yes, okay. How long's been up his nose for? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was like a good chunk of his like on call like four a.m. phone calls. <laughs> we're just, we're just those. Ooh, girl, man, that's fucking awesome. But yeah, that's that's uh, what I'm wearing today. Just this little little Seiko SMK eight oh nine on a really really fun strap. That's so cool. I I I I kind of I can't wait to see that blue shark strap in person man it was so cool seeing you in person at wind up man fuck fuck man yeah. god soon again soon yeah you're coming here for the wedding yeah i gotta i i, I guess i get my shit together dude yeah you do yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> man oh man but okay um it's my turn it's your turn so this is a special wrist check this is a bittersweet uh it's a bittersweet wrist check i am wearing ah for the for the last time uh for a wrist check my orange star gmt yeah i think it's w i put this up wz0071dj um <gasps> i know it's going away it's going away forever it's going to a new home uh it's going to a new home but the good news is another another gmt will be taking its place that i think is equally badass it's not really like any other watch i have um at the time of most people hearing this, I might have it. It might be on the feed. Uh, it just depends um, how it works. But I've traded this watch away to someone else. Um, um, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's so dumb. But I, 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 I've never traded a watch before. You know what I mean? This is technically the second, only the second watch I've ever gotten rid of from my collection. 
But this watch was so special because I I worked so hard to like get this watch and like find a good seller. So I bought I bought the Soren Star GMT WZZ071DJ um directly like new from a Japanese real real uh, uh, um, uh, retailer because it's it's a JDM piece. So I bought it from shoppinginjapan.net. I bought it for like, like 900 bucks. At the time it was 900 bucks. I don't know what it is now. Hmm. It might be a little less or a little more. But um but it took me forever to research it. That took me forever to research the company and like I was trying to figure out this is the right thing to do because I had never spent that much. The only other watch I spent that much on was the Stevrol, which which is also gone. So hmm, that's yeah. interesting. I'm just selling my most expensive watches now. You still but you still grow after every watch that comes and goes. So just remember that. Yeah. I'm gonna miss this watch a lot. It's really cool. It's got the red GMT hand. It has this my favorite thing. I love this. You guys, you listeners are awesome. When I first posted this watch, I think on the feed, I think I did a new watch alert. Um January. This past yeah, yeah. It must have been this past January. So eleven months ago. Uh people were just like, uh, oh shit, Omega Aquaterra killer. And I'm like, oh, I never even noticed that. But kind of. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. It kind of, because it, it has this really beautiful, like, striping in the dial, and it has, like, a really cool, like, brush uh, finish on the, con this, like, blue sunburst that's kind of going on, and the, the markers are this really cool polish. It has the GMT uh, inner scale, like, like as part of the chapter ring. It's beveled really nicely. It's got a power reserve. It's got these, like, very pointy, like, dolphin-type hands. This bracelet is bomb, too, man. Solid end links. The clasp is milled, and these, um... Man, I'm gonna miss this watch. I'm really gonna miss this watch, man. You know, it's okay. You're you're selling it. Um, so Kaz Kaz is selling the the GMT because you you got the one one six seven one nine BLRO, right? That's that's the GMT coming in the the white gold Rolex <laughs> Pepsi. <laughs> Yeah. that's it that's, that's I don't, the one right? yeah i don't know I, I i i literally i literally don't know if you're trying to trick me to like a sex joke like i don't know <laughs> yes blro can yeah it can feel that way that's, <laughs> that's a funny that's a funny thing to try to pronounce at the end of a reference number <laughs> <laughs> what is it so what what blro one what is it one one six seven one nine. Is that a good watch? What is that? I don't know. I don't. That, I that's don't. that. That's that crazy white gold GMT master that Rolex did back in two thousand fourteen. Oh my god! Like the like the twenty or thirty thousand dollar door stopper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thir like thirty thirty six thousand or something like that. Let me let me take a quick look around my apartment. I could sell every single thing I own and still not buy that watch. <laughs> every piece of property i've accumulated in my 30 meaningless years it's roaming the earth like fork like 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 cast it out cane everything i've accumulated i still couldn't afford that watch <laughs> 30 30 whatever thousand I, my car is a lease so i don't know if that counts <laughs> I, know. I mean i got my guitars but i never really put that much money into them i got a lot yeah, of pokemon I got, I, got, I got a lot of pokemon cards i don't think those are valuable anymore what about uh, Magic the Gathering cards? Do you have any of those? I got a little bit into Magic. It was difficult because so so goddamn Michael. So when I uh, I tried <laughs> playing Magic at the time when uh, Pokemon was super popular, both Magic and Pokemon was being um, uh, the card game Pokemon was being kind of run by Wizards of the Coast, and so I got into Pokemon first, and I tried getting into Magic, but the community was so 
ostracizing and polemic because I came from Pokemon, it was very unwelcoming. Oh god. So I have some magic cards that I bought to like try and learn and and play, but instead of walking into a room that I thought would be like fun and welcoming, someone basically just 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 shoved my face into a cow patty. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, dude. Who knows that serious? Dark time in my life, Michael, but uh <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't have that watch coming in. I have another GMT coming in. It's something I'm really, really excited about. I'm super excited to just... I don't have anything like it. I think it's going to be fun to have it on the wrist, but this is the last time I'll be wearing my Orange Star GMT uh, <clears throat> JDMWZ0071DJ. I hope the new owner likes it very much. Um, I'm really excited to get the new watch in. I'm trying to think what else I can say about this watch. I mean, it's in great condition. It's such a cool watch because it's it's... It's got really good wrist presence because of the dimensions, but it's a dress watch because of like just some of the design <laughs> choices. Like some of the, this thing really catches light very well. The polished markers are super, super like bright. They're bar indices. It's got the pointy dolphin hands. It's just a, it's just a cool, I'm going to miss this watch, Michael. I might be having, I might already be having regret. Is that possible? <clears throat> Can't be as bad as the regret that I have. For selling some watches <laughs> yeah man you scorched the earth dude man you've you've definitely <laughs> you sold you sold some watches like out of nowhere man with the same kind of like random fervency as like the gestapo like one night the, the right now one night the greenbergs were there one night they weren't like that kind of like <laughs> like serious immediacy with how you get rid of i apologize for that with uh <laughs> with, how you, with how you get rid of watches um in the past but to me this is new i'm like I, I sold a stevrol at a huge loss i ate i ate that pretty hard but that's fine i think it's one of those strange knacks with the micro brand unless your micro brand watch says halios on it you know what i mean you can only you can only make up for selling the stevrol by buying a raven <laughs> I could maybe I, maybe I could I don't know the, the, those, those new Raven Adventures are looking pretty sweet at the time of this recording 11-9 uh, 2017 the pre-order for those is at uh, 6.50 Steve um, is running low on some pretty popular ones but he still has like plenty of pre-order stock in so yeah it's a cool watch uh, maybe I could could go in on that but I probably should pay for my wedding first it's a good idea. It's a pretty, pretty <laughs> solid choice, I think. <laughs> Just you wait until the groomsmen, like, wedding favors come in. I'm doing something special, man. I'm doing something really cool for you guys. So people who don't know, <laughs> I'm getting married in January. Michael's one of my groomsmen. It's Michael and two, two of my other buddies. And we're all getting cool watches. Well, you just told me what you're doing. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I thought you knew it was a watch. No, I didn't know it was a watch. Oh, I thought I'd mention that. <laughs> You're getting a watch. <laughs> but you don't, know, you don't know what watch. You don't know what watch. You don't know if it's a new watch or an old watch or a Swiss watch or a Yugoslavian watch. You don't know what the fuck it is, dude. It's gonna be Is a it a white is it a white gold GMT master? <sighs> well, now I gotta think of something else. Where do you think the cost of my yeah, Where do you think the it. cost of my wedding went? I had I had to I had to set aside roughly eighty five thousand dollars to buy you fucking you know gaggle of douches three fucking white gold Rolex GMT Masters, man. <laughs> oh, I thought the other guys would get swatches and I would get the GMT. <laughs> They're not really watch guys, so I can, I, can, I might be able to make it. I might be able to make it work. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> you buy like a sweet ass Rolex and you just buy them like System Fifty Ones, you know? Yeah, it's still good. They're pretty sweet actually. But uh, but yeah, so 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 that's what I'm wearing for the wrist check. It's the last time, um, I did some story segments with it. I'll probably do a couple more before it's gone. And uh, bittersweet, but hopefully it's going to a new home, a good new home. And actually, I'm confident it's going to a, a, a new good home because the person that the person that's getting this watch is mad cool. This thing is uh, this thing is pretty special. I'm going to so 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 okay. No 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 further gilding of the lily or beating around the bush. Watch is going away. It's a good watch. I'm gonna miss it. Shall we move on? Yeah, yeah. We have some, we some watch pretty, news, dude. Yeah, we had some pretty interesting releases um, come come out this week uh, or the week before you're listening to this podcast. Um, and the first one is one that I I found out kind of actually it might have not even been this week. I, I might have found out kind of late, but. We found out this week, mm-hmm. uh, and now they're all gone, and I don't know where to buy them. <laughs> but it's the uh, it's Timex getting into the vintage reissue uh, game. Finally, and of all the brands to do it, this is the one I'm excited about the most. Yeah, so I kind of early on when we were starting the podcast, I feel like sometimes I would send you like eBay listings of like, oh man, like look at this old like manual wine like Timex, and you can buy them for like like 25 bucks or something yep. like probably a, a good in, like good choice for the main discussion today affordable vintage watches like older oh, um, think of timex timex marlins like you know <clears throat> the hand crank like mechanical movement uh but this one is the timex marlin uh reissued with a you know i guess with all the modern refinements but it's 34 millimeters um what do you think of this thing? Have you gotten a closer look? I think it's awesome. I think it's it's so great because from an outside orological normalos perspective, like someone that just like kind of buys watches but like doesn't really like have uh, like an enthusiast passion, like they don't really know about like history and movements, which is totally fine. I buy shirts I don't know shit about, but I'm pretty sure there's people out there who are like super up on their fashion history. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> that's just that's just how it is. For people like that, for like normal non-enthusiast consumers, I think Timex knew they're not gonna like this thing. Fucking, it's just it, <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing "quote unquote" sexy about it from the out to the outsider. But to you and I, Michael, to you and I, this is a fucking awesome watch. <laughs> but but no, you're you're right about that. But Timex uh, in the past year has been you know taking taking serious steps to. Um, I guess get the name out there again. They've been working with Todd Snyder in in New York, which is kind of like a fuck is Todd Snyder, kind of like a a men's like fashion brand, like lifestyle brand, uh, kind of like <clears> Mr. <throat> Porter. You can you can go there. You can buy nice clothes and stuff like that. It's it's really trendy. And Timex, I think, released like three exclusive models through. Um, through so, Todd Snyder. So maybe they're doing the smart thing. And they've recognized they have the business potential to kind of satiate both markets. Yeah, I think, so you remember what happened with the Volkswagen Beetle back when we were like in high school? What, the the, the reissue of it? Or like the, like, they, they, yeah, they, like, yeah, like the revival. It, yeah. It's just not just of the car, but I think for Volkswagen as well. Um, I think Timex has something similar on their hands and you know, they're, they're doing this stuff hmm. with um, 
with Todd Snyder. They're doing the stuff with Mr. Porter. The Timex Navi Harbor that we're giving away is technically a, a collaboration with uh, one of these like men's like fashion houses. I did not know that. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, this watch kind of is like, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's a really good next step. And I think I, it's, I, think I it's kind awesome. of. Yeah, I bitch and moan about um, brands not not taking things all the way when they do vintage reissues, but like, man, they stuck to it. Dude, acrylic you could crystal, you, acrylic crystal. <laughs> it's it's just this. It, you it's you could put this thing without context on eBay and say it to vintage Timex from the seventies or sixties, and people will believe it. Yeah, dude, I think There's I think nothing they modern did, about it. I think they did as good of a job as people like. Like Doxa with the sub three hundred anniversary, or maybe even like Oris with the um, the Diver sixty five. This thing is thirty four millimeters. It's funny. I've seen some videos on YouTube, and and maybe we can include one. There's there's a guy that was like the first guy to get one. He's he's been making videos for the past like three days, and um, dude, the watch looks like it's all crystal. Because <laughs> like, it's a serious dome on there. Mad domage hangs. Mad dome, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if this is a side effect of it being thirty-four millimeters and having like a very like high dome crystal, but um, it's it's almost as if like the crystal is as thick uh, as thick as the case. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it, crazy. It, it might be. I'm looking at it right now. Wow, dude, this this thing is. Are those drilled all... through lugs? Those are drilled through lugs, dude. Let me zoom in. Yeah, I, the thing is, what else would you wear that on? Dude, you could, you could with something like this, no, honestly, you could put it on, like, maybe, like, canvas. You could do NATOs. You could mix and match with leather, leather straps if you want to. I have a fucking sweet-ass um, uh, light kind of ostrich strap that would be killer on this fucking thing. Basically, in my opinion, anything that would look good on an Omega Seamaster 30 would be killer on this thing. Yeah, and we haven't even gone to the dial. The dial um, is... Kind of funky. It's a champagne um, mm-hmm. sort of sunburst finish. The numerals are super funky. Um, you you see this. You I, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, you see this a lot in old vintage watches. I see it a lot all the time in old vintage Russian watches. I think it's just like a, a, a stylized aesthetic from like the sixties and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, probably my favorite part is the dial text. Timex. <laughs> Just that's it. It says Timex under twelve o'clock. Doesn't say anything. You're right. I never even noticed that. That's this is. We there actually some. There might be something else under six. I can't tell. Oh, there is something. What is, is that? that? A number. What is that? I don't know what that is. I feel like I'm trying to. I feel like I'm trying to watch antenna porn back in the eighties. Is that a? <laughs> is that a nipple? What is that? It's, it might be. That's, that's what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. The, um, it's 30, 30 meters of water resistance. That's not bad. Oh, for interesting. A little dress watch. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's like a country designation. <clears throat> maybe it's, it's possible. Maybe it says Indiana because they're based in Indiana, right? No, if, Connecticut. I think. Mean, oh, okay. no, mm, yeah, you're probably right. I'm usually wrong. It's easier that way. <laughs> I think. Yeah, they're they're from Connecticut. Oh, Waterbury, okay. Connecticut. Yeah, water. That's that's that watch. I I'm I'm really excited about it. Kind of sad that I can't find one. Well, we haven't said the best part about the watch, Michael. Oh gosh, yeah. The price. You, you go for it. Yeah. Should, should, should I say how much it is? I'm, I'm scared. What, what, what am I fucking up? No, you're you're okay. 
This okay. is this is a two hundred dollar watch, so it's not one of those reissues that comes out and it's like five thousand bucks or it's not like a first time mechanical offering like fucking Shinola and they're charging like three thousand. They're literally charging Speedmaster money for it. That's a whole other topic. You know what I mean? <laughs> you saw that right, Michael? I did. Just a just just a <laughs> just a bag of dicks, if you ask me. In all honesty. <laughs> Oh my heart! But um, two hundred bucks for something that's so—it's just incredible. The only—this isn't a downside for me. The only potential downside is that I've heard—I've heard—the manual wine movement in there is uh, Chinese-based, and so people are speculating it's possibly Seagull. I didn't even know. I I, I well, that was my when I when I first heard that was my first question. I'm like, who the fuck's making the movement? Is Timex making? If Timex is now in this country making manual wine movements, sign me up and put it in two hundred dollar watches and still making money. Sign my dumb ass up. No, we're we're done with the show at that point. We can pack, <laughs> pack things up and go home. Like, there's nothing to talk <laughs> about anymore. You know, but I, the, the, this watch is a very, very big deal. I think it's very easy to see and be like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." But you have to look at the, you have to look holistically at the entire environment this watch is existing in. It's just, it's, it's, it's really cool. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to hear more about it. I'm very excited to, to. I mean, maybe one day we can get our hands on it. I mean, is there, a, is there a Timex boutique? <laughs> a Target, I guess. Tar- I guess Target. Target is the Timex boutique. Yeah, yeah. I would love, I would love to do a hands-on with this um, at some point. I mean, I'll probably never get the chance to do it because these things are already sold out, and they're. I, I, I think they're still in pre-order. They're not even like officially for sale yet, right? Or are they for sale? No, they're for sale. I think they're just all gone. <sighs> Man, thing yeah. is, thing is beautiful though. Really, really wonderful, and it's, it's, it's. God, two hundred bucks. What's the lug width in the son of a bitch? 18. Mm, that's so nice. Yeah. The uh the other watch that kind of came out, and and we'll be <clears throat> we'll be quick with this because we gotta start talking about our affordable vintage watches. Uh was a watch called the Mayfair from a brand called Bamford. Did you get a chance to look at this? I did not, so now I'm confused, because before off air, you said Wayfair. Or no, yeah, yeah, you said Wayfair. Is it Mayfair or Wayfair? I could be wrong. Because Wayfair, I'm pretty sure, is a Mercer watch. <laughs> you confused me. This is all your fault. <laughs> what did what did I say now? You said you said you said you said Mayfair with an M. Yes, it is the Mayfair. Mayfair. <laughs> so it is the Mayfair. Excellent. So what I said off air was wrong. Okay. And that makes me right. On yes, yes, three, three or three or four wrongs make Michael right every time. On one hundred percent of the time, right every time. So it's the it's the what Mayfair, the Bamford Mayfair watch. Yeah. So Bamford is a company that has been around for a little bit. Um, probably one of one of the more hated names in <laughs> in the world of watch collecting because they. Uh, they kind of got their start um, taking really expensive Rolex watches and, uh, you know, coating them in DLC, like blinging them out or doing like crazy dials in different colors. Oh. Uh, so letting the client customize an already very expensive watch 
Uh, and recently they partnered with LVMH to um, serve as the official customizer for brands like Tag Heuer and uh, Zenith and stuff like that. So uh, big step for them. You know, for me, though, I've always kind of seen them as out of reach, kind of uh, rich guy sort of stuff. Right. But out of out of nowhere, they came out with this watch called the Mayfair. Everybody hates it. Um, <laughs> but I, I figured we could talk about it because I actually don't think it's that bad. Um, you know, and it's uh, I think it's like 500, 550 bucks. That's what I saw for, just now. Yeah. You know, it's. You could buy you could buy an MK2 Paradive, which is uh, around fifteen hundred with a Seiko movement inside. You can buy a Marathon Pilot Navigator for around two hundred fifty bucks, but it's not a stainless steel case and it's not customizable. You know, you can change the dial color. There's like a baby blue. There's a red. Uh, it has that twelve hour Pilot's bezel, so you could check a different time zone. Hmm. I think it's kind of fun. You know, they put it on a on a rubber strap, maybe that baby blue one on the rubber strap would be kind of nice. It's kind of cool. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I don't know what quartz movement is in there. 550 might be kind of expensive for what it is, but if you, you know, if you want to customize a watch um, and get it from the the company that does the official custom jobs for like Zenith now, you I mean you can get it for under 600 bucks. So I understand why people would hate. Bamford as a whole, just kind of regards to their their you know, after aftermarket work. Why do yeah. people hate this watch? Is that just carryover from hating the brand? You know, I I find I'm kind of disappointed in the people that have voiced their uh, disgust. Okay, because uh, the the main the main complaint that I've seen is oh it's quartz, and oh, that just come, like come the fuck on, dude. <laughs> Are we still there? People, are we still there? Yeah, like, we're always gonna be there, Michael. Quartz. We're always really? we're the people that burn at the stake for being witches. We're never gonna be <laughs> right in the world. You will be, because that's 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 just your lot in life. <laughs> so when they come and they and they tie me to that bundle of sticks, you fucking you fucking chant burn them too, because I want you to carry on our legacy. All right, I'll fight for you. I'll I'll try to pull no that that, that 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 is a sinking ship. Don't don't <laughs> you let that ship sink. All right. <laughs> But I guess people, I guess, yes, people are still doing the quartz thing because it just—it's never gonna—it's never gonna go away. It's like racism, dude. It's never quartz gonna hate. go away. <laughs> this is this is watch racism, yeah. <laughs> it's just—I don't know. It just—you're it, it, the the best. That's why you know we always say in the show, just collect in a vacuum. Because if you, if if I was just getting into watches. <clears throat> Fucking hell. And I go into Hodinkee, which is a super accessible, I mean, like probably easy as hell to search for like a watch, generic watch keyword, either a blog to watch or, or Hinto Hodinkee will show up. And like if I land on Hodinkee's page and I'm looking at this watch as like someone who just wants to get into watches and I fucking start falling in love with this watch and I get to the comments and everyone's just ass blasting this thing because it's quartz, I'm not going to like it anymore, which is wrong. It's wrong, or, dude. Or you're going you're, you're gonna to question your taste. You know? Exactly. You have, and then yeah. and then you might turn away from watches altogether. Exactly, which, which I'm sure happens. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have gotten into watches. I I wouldn't have. I would have because I, I I was I was I was looking for a watch for a specific purpose. I knew you were sort of into watches. I didn't really know how into what depth at the time. And if I didn't ask you, I would have done my own research, and I would have just I would have just stuck my dick in a wood chipper. 
and just had an awful time trying to learn from the neurological hordes what I should what I should like. You know what I mean? You have I'm to... far I'm far too into watches these days. Watches are stupid. <laughs> Dude, what watches watches are the are the cause and solution to all of my problems. <laughs> <laughs> but this i mean this thing is kind of fun i like this blue it's a one. very I mean, fun watch i love the blue i think it's you know obviously yeah it's a k-shape that we've seen before but i think it's a really fun watch and if someone likes this watch that's awesome like the whole quartz thing if that's everyone's biggest like gripe then you know, fucking like I, i'm sorry man like i don't know the only thing i could maybe see making sense is 500 bucks for a quartz movement that would really depend on what quartz movement is in there but since these guys are the official like after I don't know after market designers or whatever the fuck ever of Elmi of H. They're it's probably an Etta. It's probably an, a Quartetta, which is pretty, a pretty good quartz movement, especially if it's jeweled. There are whispers that somebody saw John Claude Biver rocking one of these recently. Really? So, if it's good, yeah, if it's he's, good, he's... if it's good enough for Emotep guys, okay, it <laughs> <laughs> should be good enough for everyone. You know, yeah. That's kind of th- th- those. Those are the those are the pieces that caught my eye. Man, um, very cool. You know this this uh, this week. It's a fun um, watch. Not a watch for me, but it's a fun watch. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, you know, if you're if you're looking, the thing with the marathon, the the biggest the biggest problem that I have with that watch is that it's essentially a plastic watch. Right. Um, I can try to find a Benros uh, Type One. But those are in the thousands now, and you know they're not going to be—they're not going to be really robust, you know, vintage problems, I guess. Um, you can go for an MK2 Paradive, but that might be a little bit out of the price range that I'm trying to pay now, even though they're pretty nice. How much are those watches? Uh, the new Paradive is around fifteen hundred. Yeah. No comment. All gone. Also. Oh yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But of course, but of course. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but you know this this Bamford one is pretty cool. You know, pretty cool watch. Is yeah. it is it time? Is it time for the main topic? Yeah, let's go. I've been talking a lot, so uh, why don't you jump into it? Okay, I got so so basically uh, for people who aren't familiar with just jumping in, this is a topic we revisit a lot in different themes and iterations, but the main theme is always the same: affordable vintage watches. I mean, really, I feel like it's the backbone of two book watch knobs. That's what we start talking about. That's what we return to a lot of the times. And so uh, basically, Mike chooses three watches, I choose three watches, and we go back and forth until the until time runs out. We talk about that. Yeah, history of the watches, everything like that, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let me look at my list. What the hell? Until the cows come home. Until the cows come home. Man. I live in <laughs> I live in central Florida, so that might be pretty quick, actually. There's a lot of cows right there. <laughs> a lot of cows. Let me see. What should I... So I have two Russian watches and one Japanese watch. I want to talk about the Japanese one last. I will talk about this watch. I will talk because it's got some fun history. <clears throat> Fuck. <clears throat> Jesus. Okay, so uh, the first watch I want to talk about isn't necessarily a specific model. It's a um, movement type. So uh, this is a Russian watch. You might have heard me mention the brand before. The brand is from a, it's from a, a brand called uh, Pobeda. P-O-B-E-D-A. And the specific movement um, that I'm going to talk about is the Pobeda 2602. It's uh, it's a it's a three hander with a, uh, a, a like a sub dial second hands at six. 
It's a really, really cool watch. Most of the iterations you're going to see of it are dress watches. So it's going to be... Fuck. Choking over here, man. It's going to be like a lot of domes, a lot of like uh, stick markers, but there's a a small segment of them. And these are the ones that like I'm I'm, like keeping my eyes out for that are sort of square shaped a little, but like, um, but with the corners like trimmed in ever, I I, I have an ongoing love affair with, uh, with square watches. I, I have the quartz, uh, the, 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 the brew watches, black brew quartz chrono. It's like a square watch. I fucking love that watch. I want more square watches in my life. Um, mm-hmm. The really cool thing about the Pepeta 2602 is that, so um, when Russian watches first started, Pepeta was like, like the designated every person's watch. Like they made it for kids, they made it for men, women, all ages, blah, 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 all that garbage. Um, if you've heard me talk on the show before, I mean, you'll, you'll know that early in Russia's history and then before the Red Revolution, watches weren't really a thing for the people. Watches were just kind of um, status symbols for aristocracy and like, and like you know, the czars and all that bullshit. After the Red Revolution, it was this idea that, you know, everyone had access to everything. And so, you know, part of that was everyone has you know, a watch and not just that, but they're also made watches for specific purposes. So for Pebeta specifically, it's really, really cool. Uh, this movement, so this movement also represents a fun, a fun, I guess, relationship that's not really very well known. So when Russia was starting its watch industry, and that's what it is, it's, it was a watch industry that basically it, it, became a force to be reckoned with very quickly. They had to partner a lot with other countries in very odd ways because none of their neighbors wanted to work with them because they were immediately economic uh, threats. Mm. So and this is like, you know, like close to the world wars and everything like that. So uh, the original machinery for Russia to build watches came from, of all places, fucking Ohio, Cantor, Canton or Cantor, Ohio. There's a large German-speaking population there, so they 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 bought all the machinery out from the Duber Hamplin company. They made pocket watches, but there's another company they partnered with. And Michael, you've talked about them before on the show. It's a French company called Lip L I P or Leap Leap. Excuse me, I don't know French. Leap. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, throughout probably about six or seven decades, from about 1908 or 1918 to all the way to Lips. De- demise to 1975 um there was collaboration back and forth uh usually the first time it happened is because lip had just expanded in france and they were just about to go under and then russia was like hey you guys have all these machines we have all this disgusting money let's see if we can't make this work and so <laughs> they updated they updated the machinery they had gotten originally from America with the machinery they had gotten from Lip and they started making really really cool high quality watches um they they made this in a factory called the Pensa Pensa Watch Factory P E N S A and they started making uh, a brand called Zvesta and Zarla Zarla I can't ever say it it has, it has like 14 J's in it guys all right so <laughs> after that is when an iteration of watches came out that gave birth to the Papetta 2602. The Papetta 2602 is based off of the Lip R26. It's a super cool movement. It's 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 got these really cool like Geneve stripes in it. It's like a I pro I'm gonna fuck this up. It's either a 15 or a 17 jewel manual wind watch. And it was so it was such a ubiquitous movement that they put it in so many different watches. 
And they also represented lots of different collaborations across Soviet watches. So you will, I believe, potentially see the 2602 in um, what is kind of, you'll see on like eBay and Etsy as like the Zim Pabetta. Zim is another uh, Soviet watch brand. But specifically, if you're out there and you're looking for something a little bit different, if you're looking for something that has like a really fun talking point, if you're into, if you're into like, global, like global economics for some reason, I guess mm -hmm. I, I guess I sort of am with this kind of stuff. Or if you're just super into just like, like, interesting like like watch history the Babetta 2602 is such a fun movement I'll, I'll send you some photos michael for the show links of just some fun uh, uh versions out there but there's all kinds of different dress watch versions and they made them for decades and decades so it's a very open-ended um sort of choice but it's one that i think is super super cool because honestly you can find these watches guys for like 25 to 40 bucks wow that's fucking that's bonkers cheap. You know what I mean? Because they're not popular. The Pabetta 2602 is not popular because... <sighs> I didn't think it was possible, but I think Russian watch collectors are snobbish about the movement. They, like, look down on it because it was so mass-produced. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't, think, I didn't think it was possible, but apparently it is. You know what I mean? So it's there's not a lot of demand for it. So it's you can find it for really affordable prices. a lot of fun ones out there. I'll pick some ones. What I'll do is for the show notes and um, maybe for some story segments uh, the week the show airs, just to kind of show you guys, you know, what we're talking about. I'll pick some 2602 Pabettas that I thought were like super cool. So so just keep in mind also, if you do start looking, 2602 Pabetta, it has the sub-seconds at the six marker. You will see some with the central seconds, like a regular three-hander. That is, that is a that that's that's wrong that's like that's a franken watch don't don't buy that shit so just that's just a quick heads up but um but yeah that's that's my that's my first pick is that is that too weird is that too weird like like, like open-ended of a pick no that's a that's a really cool pick actually okay okay I'm, i have i have no <clears throat> self-esteem michael you have to understand that okay <laughs> but yeah so 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 that's mine that that's my pick i think it's a super cool watch i think it's a super cool piece within it's two cool things about the watch the watch needs more attention in Russian watch collecting, and the history behind the watch needs to be understood more. People need to understand how these watches came to be. Russia didn't just one day sprout from the earth fully grown, 18, hating its parents. It really had to like build itself up in the most like backassward ways possible, buying shit from America, from Russia, flying the the thing is that's the thing. They so they bought the equipment from America for the first time. And then they flew like 18 or 20 of those people that worked in the factory from America to Moscow to live in Moscow for a year training their technicians. That was the birth of Soviet watchmaking, as far as I'm concerned, you know? Hmm. And so it's just these really interesting ways. And so the relationship between LIP and the Russian government is just another one that really needs to be explored. There's also some really fun... Um, uh, literature and blog posts about it i'll share this with you as well michael we'll put those in the show notes so for people who are interested you know if you're a fan of lip maybe you didn't know about this relationship i've i've, I've encountered that before with some people so um so yeah that's that's my i'll stop talking what's up very cool that's a that's a great first pick actually mm -hmm. and uh one that i wasn't expecting <laughs> <laughs> um let's see i think i'm gonna start with my most expensive one and then work my way down so that's the white gold rolex gmt master right <laughs> yeah, it's the a vintage one, the 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 the, the 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 2010 vintage one. Right? <laughs> no, no, this isn't a GMT. I actually have I have no GMTs surprisingly. Yeah, I need to do that. Um, 
No, so the first one is actually a watch that uh, has been doomed to live in the shadows of the Rolex Oyster Perpetual for eternity. My God, uh, it's, like the, it's like it's like the thirty seconds to Mars version. <laughs> so brooding, yeah. dude. Yeah, but this watch uh, was pretty popular back in 1953 because in 1953 the watch was taken up uh, on the climb. Uh, to summit Mount Everest for the very first time. Oh no! Allegedly, the very first time, <laughs> and it's the uh, it's the Smiths Deluxe, probably the one most like what um, Sir Edmund Hillary wore was the um, reference A four zero nine. So it's the Smiths Deluxe A four zero nine. Basically, Smiths is a is a British brand that is oftentimes referred to as the uh, the last true British watch brand. Um, they were around, I think, until the early '80s. I could be wrong. They um, they kind of made a proposal to the to the Crown at the time for for funding, and uh, they were denied. That funding went to DeLorean. And uh, Smiths disappeared. The what? The, the car? Correct. Yeah. Are you fucking me? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm serious. That's that's what happened to Smiths. And today, Smiths <clears throat> is is owned by a brand called Time Factors, and they produce um, you know modern modern reissues of the uh, of you know kind of like the most famous watches and and some modern reinterpretations. Uh, but this watch. Um, it's kind of special for me because I've, I casually hunt them from time to time. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous about finding good examples. I bought a Smith W10 back in the day and it was quite an adventure. And, uh, I'm just generally really excited about British watchmaking these days. Yeah. Well, what was, I'm sorry. What's the number on this one again? Zero. A409. So it's the Smith's Deluxe A409. Sometimes if you search for them on like Watch Recon or eBay and stuff, you can put Everest in there because people are like, oh, this is the Hillary style. You know? <laughs> um, but it's cool. It's a 33 or like 33 and a half millimeter watch. This thing is um, cool. Yeah, small seconds hand, uh, a small second <clears throat> subdial down at six o'clock with the, uh, it's, it's ironic because I think it's a little crown, kind of like a little crown. Uh, right above Smith's. It looks like a crown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people will never know because um, I think uh, you know a pact was made between Sir Edmund Hillary and uh, Tenzing Norgay to never reveal who actually summited first. That's right. Um, and it's not really clear. I think who wore which watch. I know both of them. I guess went up there, but Rolex uh, got the lion's share of the. Didn't they the trade? Didn't they trade watches back and forth too? Yeah, I mean, dude, this <laughs> those guys were the smartest at just getting their shit funded, and right? they had these two watch brands like fighting for for it. So, I mean, good good job on them. But this is uh, a lot of times people hunt the the older uh, Oyster Perpetuals that that look like the Hillary style. People look for ten uh, sixteen Explorers, which are you know, it's kind of like the evolution of the watch that happened right after it's like the first explorer explorer was the 1016 hmm. um but yeah people forget about this uh this little smith's deluxe and uh the prices have been climbing uh sometimes over a grand but a lot of times you can talk uh, the seller down to under 
you're probably going to have to spend some for a service if you will, if you really want to get it into like working order. But I, I think it's a little, um, it's something a little more interesting than maybe like, uh, I don't know, searching for an old like, like vintage Seiko or something. I mean, not to hate on vintage Seiko, but this is just a little bit different that you're, you can score. You're about to get the... a lot of angry emails right now. <laughs> That's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> Um, I, I talk about Seiko enough, so whatever. <laughs> so if someone were to hunt this down, what would be like the best way to look for it? Uh, you're probably going to end up doing eBay and you're probably going to end up doing eBay UK. Uh, when I bought my, uh, Smiths, actually a lot of times when I try to buy British watches, like the CWC had to come from the UK or the Smiths that I purchased had to go from the UK to Canada and then from Canada to, to Miami, <laughs> Um, so it can be kind of, it can be kind of a hunt, but yeah, you're probably going to be looking at, um, at, uh, you know, eBay and stuff like that. And, you know, if you're worried about servicing later on down the line, you just kind of got to find a ballsy watchmaker, like the dudes at Gray and Sons. (laughs) Yeah. They, they, they took care of your Smiths. I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can get people excited about watches like that because that's, uh, you know, they're in the Bow Harbor area. They, they have like, you know, Patek 3970s and they're safe and they take about like 10 Rolex repair jobs each day, probably more. Um, so when I walked in with like my fucking Smiths, they were like, what? <laughs> and it became like a really fun project for them. So that's so cool. It, it's all about finding the, the right watchmaker. And, uh, you know, the guy was exchanging emails with me the whole time. Like, man, we got this thing like within Cosk and like. We don't even have like parts for this thing. I'm like, cool. <laughs> so don't worry about getting it serviced. Um, you can find some serviced ones maybe for a little bit more if you want to, you know, research the seller. I don't know if these things are really frankened or refinished a lot. But, I don't um, I don't know. I, 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 in order for it to be frankened, there'd have to be a lot of similar or the exact same watches like out there in yeah. the market. Smith's Smith's is getting a little bit hotter these okay. days, but def, definitely more so for the the W10s, the military issue watches. Not so much not so much for these uh, deluxe models. I'll tell you that much. So I will say right now, eBay UK that makes a lot of sense. A word caution: the worst eBay experience I ever had in my life <laughs> was with someone on eBay UK because they didn't want to, um, you know, ship. I guess out of the country for whatever reason, and my fault. I went on to I I I am the interloper. I, I am the dusk skinned interloper. I went on I went on to eBay UK, and I found that I, I, I I'm talking about Barabbas. If no one's clear, I'm talking about Barabbas is dumb fucking ass. Okay, oh motherfucker. I think it's more of a problem with the people that live in East Beef Wellington. <laughs> That that place is just terrible. I don't I know. I don't. I, I can't remember where he lived, but it was his name was like Barabbas, and I could. I swear to God, it was like location East Beef Wellington, and I'm like that motherfucker, dude. He's like a he's like a fucking king every day. He's beef beef Wellington like a king every day. I'm gonna land. I'm gonna land on the Wikipedia page for East Beef Wellington. <laughs> no, actually, if I Google that, I try. I find recipes for easy beef Wellington. So there you go. That's that's not a real place. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's gotta be a real place. God damn it! It must be in the other dresser that Narnie is not in. It's gotta be real. God damn it! It has to, dude. Moving along. What's your second? God in heaven. 
this is hilarious. We both chose deluxe watches. Okay. I chose for my second watch the Poljot Deluxe or Deluxe. Deluxe. Ooh. I don't okay. know. Okay. So this is a really, really cool watch. The Poljot Deluxe <clears throat> Deluxe. I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a speechologist. Yeah, backyotomy. Sorry. That's from, that's from a movie. I can't remember which movie it's from. If anyone knows a movie that's from, let me know. Because I've been saying it for years. I totally forgot a movie it's from. Actually, it might be from Friday. It might be from Friday. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Paul Jot Deluxe. Really, really cool watch. Ma- uh, manufa- started manufactured, uh, being manufactured um, in the 60s uh, in Paul Jot, which is basically the first Moscow watch factory. So the watch factory that the folks from America came over and helped set up was this factory. So um, it wasn't always called Poljot. It was changed to Poljot, um, I think after one of the world wars or sort of close to like the space race-ish time. But um, the Poljot Deluxe is really, really cool because uh, it represents it represents the relationship between the watch factory and the government. So um, one of the things with communism in uh, uh, post-revolution, hold on, let's sneeze. <laughs> Mother, fuck, I'm sorry. Wow, Michael's a sneeze. Michael, do other people sneeze in their fucking podcast, or are they way more professional than my dumbass? I haven't heard a sneeze yet. Oh, it's just you. so sorry, guys. <sighs> okay. I'm still self-conscious. But it's about the editor. It's about... It's a, it's my fault. It's the sound engineer. Michael, it's not... Those, those guys are just better than I am. And Michael, I don't it's, not your, it's not your fault I'm socially uncouth and immunocompromised, okay? That's not your <laughs> fault. Ah. <sighs> Okay, what was oh, so so the the, the Polish looks is really really cool because it represents the relationship between like the factory and the government. So some people don't necessarily realize after the Red Revolution, the government basically sounds really bad, but like controlled everything um, in a way where they dictated what factory did what and for what purpose and everything and so on and so forth. It's basically just it's just after living so long under serfdom and aristocracy and just getting their ass handed to them by basically like the 0.5% of like sherry sippers and like death clock hangouters you know what I mean uh-huh. this idea of communism made sense to them and so uh, in 1960 I'm not really clear on the reason why I can only assume it was because they wanted a dress watch but the Russian government went to Poljot. Poljot specifically, the first Moscow watch factory. There were other factories at this point, but they went to Poljot and they said, we want a movement. And it's for a watch. We want a movement that's smaller than three millimeters thick and flat. No curvature, no bullshit, just flat three millimeters thick. Or less than three millimeters thick. <clears throat> Poljot then came back with the Poljot... Um, um, I think it's technically the P2209, not to be confused uh, with the Vostok 2209. <laughs> this is this is the Poljot 2209. I believe it's like 2.7 or 2.8 millimeters thick. What's incredible is this was not the thinnest movement they made. They made another movement. Oh, I'm going to fuck it up. 2210, some garbage, some bullshit. Um, it's been a while since I looked. Uh, I've been more, I'm more invested in the Poljot Deluxe 2209 lately, but... They made the movement, and they made the watch around this movement, and it's a beautiful watch. Um, it's really, it's you'll know it when you see it. Uh, the Latin dial, so the, the dials that have English, it will say deluxe, but the Cyrillic ones don't. But you will know it is uh, a Poljot deluxe with a Poljot 2209, because the hour marker will have three slashes in it. Sort of like the slashes that Wolverine makes. 
with his okay. claws. With his that's, the only, that's the only way I can describe it, dude. All right. <laughs> this thing looks cool. So if I just search uh, Polja Deluxe. Deluxe. Polja DE to Polja Space. Nice, man. It's a beautiful watch. And there's a lot of really fun iterations of it. There's also some really good examples of authentic ones on USSR Time, Mark Gordon, uh, Mark Gordon's website. So and it almost I, reminds me of uh, like almost like a Hamilton Intramatic. Well, the thing is, I mean, in the 60s, that's when like a lot of these watches were becoming popular. But Russia didn't have shit like this. Russia had a lot of quote unquote dress watches, but they had like they were maybe a bit you know, thicker for the time. They, you know, didn't necessarily have like these like very thin bar indices and they're just like listen god damn it it's the 60s <laughs> <laughs> time and to be groovy it's time to be groovy let's make a thin fucking watch with wolverine slashes all over it fuck them you know what i mean <laughs> and uh and they made this they if so it's one of those things where if you like if you uh, yeah if you like the intramatic or i like to compare it to um very minimalized like omega c master 30s or omega c master devils almost you know what i mean mm -hmm. if you yeah. like those style uh, of watches um this is something you're definitely going to be into so um 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 just to correct myself also the ones that are quote unquote sought after have the three slashes not all of them will but you do have to be careful because sometimes, uh, I don't know why, the deluxe dial is faked. So this is where it gets really weird. This is where you have to sort of make sure at the very least the movement is real. If you can find a proper 2209 Polja, Polja 2209 movement and the dial is right at the very least with the three slashes, it's most likely a winner. It's very, very hard to find something that's totally authentic. I mean, you guys, forget you guys have listened to the show for a long time. Know that about Soviet watches. It's, it's, it's super difficult. But this is a really fun watch. Um, the unfortunate thing, like I said before, is it's. It, I don't know why, but for some reason, it, it's sort of popular. So it does get frankened. The prices are sort of higher. I've seen them. I've seen them all over the fucking spectrum because they made the watch. They made the watch in the '60s, and I'm pretty sure basically until the end. The end of the Soviet Union because there's there's dials out there with English that are that are authentic and they didn't do English in the dials until the 80s and 90s closer to the fall uh, of the USSR which is like 91 92 or some garbage like that um, so price wise I've seen them from like like 50 bucks to like a couple hundred bucks I wouldn't pay a couple hundred bucks for a Soviet watch or I should take that back. not even for like a museum quality example the pro the problem is it's a I don't trust a museum quality example Soviet watch. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I feel like there has to be something wrong. Because the other issue is for a, a period of time around the 80s, I don't know why, but China faked, of all things, China faked um, parts for Russian watches. Oh. I don't know why. That's that's like someone faking pixie sticks. It's like, dude, like, like you, why would you, you know, there's no reason. <laughs> they faked so um uh they flooded the market with a lot of uh chinese vostoks in addition to that there's uh they do they did fake a lot of pole jots specifically the 3133s um i i'm not gonna say who but i've seen in like forums and things like that people saying like oh i just got my new 3133 in it's totally authentic it's great i love it and like the dial's fake and like i don't i don't tell people if I, if someone asks me before they buy it, i'll say something 
But like <laughs> after the fact, I don't I don't say it. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, man. Uh, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? So, but it happens. So that's one of those things with the deluxe where it's the safer bet to find something with the three slashes in the hour marker. And I'll I'll find a picture of that Michael for you if you haven't found one yet. And no. to find one with the two two zero nine movement in there, it's a thin watch. It's a small watch. I think it's a great dress watch. And I'm going to. Is that enough information for you? Have I have I bored you enough, Michael, with the pole job that looks? No, I'm 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 looking at these now, and some of them have that like funky twelve at the top too. That's yeah, that's pretty cool. But the, those like those will also have English on them, right? They'll say "Made in USSR" and they'll say "Pole job with the P O L J O T." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't know why these. I've never seen these before. These are pretty cool. They're very, very, very cool watches. Uh, so so just so just to let you let you know, Michael, so you don't freak out. My last watch is super short. I chose it. I don't know much about it, and I left it open ended so people could tell us about it. Cool. Oh, I don't know much about my next two. I just know that you can find a lot of good examples. So perfect. This next one will, will probably be pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I picked this one uh, because I've been considering the modern version for for a while now, and it's a it's a brand that I don't think gets enough recognition these days, but slowly I think they're climbing up back into relevancy if they play their cards right. Is Rolex? Um, Rolex, right? No. <laughs> Rolex is doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is uh this is this is Tissot or Tissot or whatever oh, cool. you like to say. Hell yeah, dude. And it's the vintage uh version of the Viso date. Um Is it vintage version? Yeah, so Visodate is actually like a family of watches from Tissot back in the day, and they made a bunch of different versions that were almost like parts of like smaller like collections. So you can find Visodates that are part of the Sea Star family. Okay. And I think the Sea Star family has like some serious dive watches too. Um you can find them in something called the Stylist family, which has been like all sort of dressy. When I when I've seen them, hmm. there's another collection or sub collection called like Militaire or Mil- Militar or something like that. But um, anyway, you can you can search for these on on eBay and uh, they come all of those little sub collections and stuff like that come in a bunch of different funky case shapes. They're like almost like cushion shapes. There are like weird oval shaped ones if if you want that. I've seen sea stars that are just like almost squarish interesting um just a lot of variety when you almost like going into ebay and like searching for a vintage timex marlin you just have so much uh, variety <laughs> right and you can find these anywhere between like, uh, like 250 bucks to like 60 bucks um you know maybe sometimes as high as like 500 if it, like a gold-plated thing or something but um yeah it, it's it, <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like Tissot, like they were, they've been around for a while. I think eighteen fifty three. Um, wow. You know, and they've they've been through a lot as a brand. I think they were acquired by Omega, like pre Quartz Crisis, um, and then their Swatch Group today, and they're coming out with some vintage reissue stuff. But if you look at at their vintage um, sort of offerings, there's just so much to like find and. I don't know how many people are doing Franken work on old to so like visa dates. You know, it's just not. <laughs> it's a good point. I I can't I can't imagine they are. You, you know? know, that's so uh, cool. 
but you can find these uh, on eBay all day. I've seen some really nice ones on sites like 1025 Vintage. If you ever want to like get something like 100% solid that you know has been like well researched, evaluated, curated, procured, like um, you know, analog shift as well. I've seen them on there too. Um, you know, and if you if you don't think the uh, the modern version is to your liking or if it's too big at 40 millimeters you can find these older ones at like 35 millimeters sometimes even smaller wow um and it's like a fun fun swiss brand i think to sew like whether you have an old one or a new one you know you can show up to a red bar and you don't have to worry about swinging your dick around <laughs> like it's a i don't know it's a it's a cool watch you know it's fine so, that's my pick I'm trying to Google it because I want to see pictures. What the hell do you Google? Tissot, vintage Tissot visor dates? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can, like, you'll see what I mean. There are some that are, like, oval shaped. There are some that are squares. And they'll all either say, like, C-star or, like, uh, stylist, some of them. So you kind of, you have a ton of variety to choose from. And that's really why why I picked it. Because sometimes if I'm looking for a vintage watch, I'm not really into vintage watches all that much but hmm. if oh, i'm gonna are, hunt for something these are cool yeah if i'm gonna hunt for something i want it to be kind of funky you know and cheap <laughs> that's what these are dude I, I i found this one right here this was this is this is pretty this is pretty fucking cool actually i think the stylus can be like kind of the weirder ones maybe some of the sea stars um I want a, yeah i want a square one i i just i need a square watch I need more. I need more square watches, Michael. What, is this? what the fuck is this? These are cool, dude. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, like I, I'm not. A, I'm not a Tissot expert, but they're out there. Maybe somebody, somebody that's more into collecting Tissot can, can uh, shed some light on this. Yeah, but yeah. I my, mean, always super, one. always super open to that. I mean, anyone that knows anything kind of about a watch that we've mentioned, and you think that maybe we miss some points, or if we overtly ask you guys to to write in, if you have any tidbits, you know no matter how small or large, totally right. And we love hearing from you guys and just kind of, you know, learning. I mean, that's the whole point. It's, it's, it's to learn from everyone, you know, not just to have us talk or whatever. So I'm super interested to learn more about these Tizo, uh, uh, Viso dates. I used to call them Viso dates, but now I'm, I'm thinking, I still don't know. I don't know. We need, <laughs> we still need to do the, the watch pronunciation episode. Oh God. That's, <laughs> that's when we'll get a ton of hate mail. You guys it's, are wrong. It's Stupid. Not, it's not pronounced squale, guys. Squaloo. <laughs> Squaloo. Yeah. So what's what's your last one then? My last watch is a watch that I discovered <clears throat> probably a couple weeks ago. And um, I would love to find a very good example of one, but I know nothing about it. It is the Citizen Autodater. Hmm. I don't, I don't think I know that one. It's I I didn't know until very recently either. It is a it is a super cool watch. I believe it's from the seventies. Um, there's a few versions. There's a Citizen Audit and there's the Citizen like Jet Auto Dater. I don't know, um, but it's cool because there's like a the date window is like like in the middle of the watch, but like just above the hands in the logo. It's a very weird placement. <laughs> Let me see if I can find a picture. Um, but that's. I think this is a really cool dress watch. I like it a lot because there's. Well, I'm trying to Google on my phone. I can't Google on my uh, on my laptop because I can't Google and record at the same time. 
So my phone, my <laughs> computer is like the version of that friend you knew who couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time. Okay. <laughs> you, Andy, you know what I'm talking about Michael? No. <laughs> what? You've never, you've never like experienced someone that can't chew gum and walk at the same time? Uh-uh. <sighs> I just bullshit you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the ones that I'm seeing that I think are super, super cool, they have the date window just above where it says citizen auto dater. So that's the thing. It doesn't say like citizen and then like, you know, auto dater at the bottom. The whole thing is just named citizen auto dater. I don't know if this, I don't know if it is a, like a, a citizen citizen. I think it is maybe. Um, but for some reason, the whole dial just says citizen auto dater. But what I love is that date window. Hmm. And I'll, I'll show you some examples. Did, did you find some examples that you, so, so you can see what I'm talking about? No, let me see. Auto dater. So I'm looking at one right now. It's almost like a it's almost like a pie pan dial. Okay. It has this little window. So it has the day window and there's ah. a and there's like a date window. This is so funny. You're gonna love my last choice, but continue. Did you choose this? Did you choose the same watch or nope, nope. Keep going. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. But what I love most is for you guys who don't know, I all I want in my life is a vintage watch with very tasteful Fluted bezeling, bezeling fluted, flu, a fluted, a, a dope fluty bezel. Oh, God, all I want, <laughs> all, I, all I want is a goddamn vintage watch with a really sexy fluted bezel, like something in like the sort of stylistic uh, uh, taste of like of like a cool date just like a really just like a, like a nice one. And this watch has it, but it also has these. I don't know if I'm just crazy or what, but there's something particularly vintage sort of Japanese about this. I can see how this watch is related in regards to geography and time frame to some vintage Seikos and everything like that. But there's still a very different sort of flair to it. Pretty sure it's automatic. Pretty sure it's, uh, they say like, I think they say like parashock on them. So I think you can like, like fist, fist fight a nuclear bomb or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm, I'm seeing versions with an English uh, wheel for the day and a kanji. Oh, that's so uh, cool. Yeah. I got to find the kanji wheel. Um, I don't... Here's, here's the thing. So if anyone knows about these, I'm super open to just learning about them. The place that I have seen them for like decent prices, like two to four hundred bucks, is on um, Rakuten, which is, I think, a website we've mentioned before. It's like a very... <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an Asian, I think, slash Japan-based, like... Like I guess eBay sort of sh uh, you know shops yeah. can go there yeah. and and sell you know you know, you know hawk their wares, but um I've seen someone there for for like like the two four hundred dollar range, but then when I go to like regular eBay they're like super expensive. I don't know if they're like redone or if they're frankened or what. So this is one of those things where I would love to learn more about this watch. If anyone has any information, if anyone has one, definitely hit us up. But I think this is a great watch. If you're looking for a vintage watch, and if you're looking for just a rabbit hole of a journey to fall into as you learn, I think this is a great candidate because this is not a watch you see everywhere. Nice. I am I am done talking, Michael. What is, <laughs> I'm so sorry. What is? I'm very hungry, so when I get hungry, I go into like panic mode. When I go into panic mode, I just talk. So if you ever want to see me talk 400 miles an hour, just threaten me with physical harm. This worked out beautifully. Uh, this is I, I kind of like it when we don't share our our choices before it's fun. we start recording. It's very fun. Um, 
But this worked out beautifully because I thought about going all Swiss. Uh, so you went all Russian and then Japanese, and then I went all Swiss and then Japanese, right? <laughs> I, I guess I guess so. You chose a Japanese watch. Okay. What which yeah. which which watch did you choose? So this watch, you could basically call it the sister to the Citizen Auto Dater. And I chose it for two reasons. First, uh, I'm kind of intrigued by the black hole that would happen uh, (laughs) if I did try to hunt for this watch. Um, You know, and also, I just, I don't know much about it. Um, But this one has a really cool name and like collector circles. Actually, it's the official name. It's just called the Seiko Business. Have you seen these? (laughs) No, that sounds like a very like douchey name so look at the auto dater that you just picked yeah the the day is under 12 o'clock on those mm-hmm. let me google the sake the seiko business so do i actually have to spell business like b-i-z <laughs> no no just business regular business okay thank god okay seiko business seiko business watch okay yeah, yeah. oh yeah. shit <laughs> So it's kind of like the same deal. It's like the same. That's so funny, dude. So the the tell, tell everyone what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. So I think I guess the the common one or the one that you can look for is the 6206. I'm not sure about the last four numbers. They can change depending on what you're looking at. But the six 6206-8040 um, is the one I see a lot of times when I when I search for these. Um, there's also a version with, uh, kanji for the day. I think it's kanji. I, I could be wrong, but, um, yeah, you can get the Japanese characters for the day window and then just like the regular date at three o'clock. But this is a cool, kind of a cool watch that you don't see much of. No, I don't think I've ever seen this watch. This thing is fucking I just, dude, what are the chances that we both choose Japanese watches, but my date window is at 12 and your date window is at 6? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you if you kind of... So if weird. If you've been listening and if you were curious about Kaz's selection, but maybe like something from Seiko, take a look at the Seiko business. I actually haven't <laughs> searched for them. I probably should have before doing this. It'd be funny if they're all just gone. Maybe Eric Strickland can weigh in on this. I he might have he might have had one in the past or Oh maybe. It, dude if you could write in and tell me more about this that would be awesome. Uh let's see the Seiko business. <laughs> it's just fun to say, sorry. It's just it's just <laughs> well, I, well the thing is I I thought it was just some dumb nickname the internet made up. The watch literally says the word business on it. <laughs> yeah man <laughs> It's, time to it's get got down the to word business. business written on the fucking thing. This yeah, is incredible. Yeah, you're a few on eBay and stuff for around like two, under 250 bucks. I don't know if they're real. I don't know if they're fake. Somebody help me. Uh, I like I said, I haven't I haven't gone into this this rabbit hole just yet. Um, sort of a modern something something modern that's also along the lines is the S A R Y zero five five. Presage. That okay. one's kind of similar with the with the kanji on it as well. And it's you can find it on Amazon for 250 bucks. But um yeah, that's my final pick. Seiko business. Damn, yours is way cooler than mine. No, it's like it's crazy. Maybe this was like Seiko's answer to Citizen. I don't know who did it first, but I don't know. You know, these two watches were definitely competing. That's so funny, man. I, 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 I'm, I'm. Well, you know what's funny? I'm seeing a lot more examples of yours than it was of mine. 
I don't know. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I do. I could. It was very hard for me to find like a good amount of pictures. Wow, this thing is killer. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. God damn it, that was that was a lot of fun. Interesting, yeah, yeah. interesting choices. Um, I think what I liked the most, specifically with our earlier choices, is that there there was good history behind it. And I think that's one of those things that when you buy a vintage watch, you have a very unique opportunity to do. You have the unique opportunity to learn the history. You, you, I mean, you can sort of do that when you buy a newer watch, but there's it's not the same. I don't know if that sounds weird. You know what I mean? Like, if I were to buy a new Riketta, because Riketta's still making Riketta's over in fucking the Petroverts factory, if I were to buy a new Riketta now, yeah, I know Riketta's history, and yeah, I know all that stuff, but it's still, it still, it wouldn't feel like it was part of the timeline. It'd still be a cool watch, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wouldn't have learned everything I have about Russian watches if I never got my vintage, my first vintage watch as the Riketta Big Zero, you know? Well, it's also where people get dicked a lot because they feel that they have to pay a ton of money for history. You know, like a 1016 mm. Explorer has has the Everest history tied to it, but so does the Smiths, um, you know, and at least now you can get them for under a grand. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's, and, just, it's one of those cool things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But is but it, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. We should do this more often. We should do. And we this. will. It was, it was that was that was a good episode, man. We should do. A, we should do a brands we know nothing about with Tiso. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about them. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, is it time? Is it should I should I, should I do a recap? <clears throat> Let's go for it. <sighs> okay, so to recap, um, Timex released a two hundred dollar manual wine mechanical watch. Holy fuck balls! It's incredible. It's all sold out because everything good can't last because that's how life works. In addition to that, that Bamford uh, Mayfair, Mayfair, yo, Mayfair. Yeah, you got it. Bamford yeah. Mayfair. I mean, let us know your opinions, guys. Do you think it's an annoying watch? If you think it's an annoying watch, give us like like your input, your insight. Always looking forward to hearing from everyone. Any opinions at all about anything. If you think it's just a dumb looking watch, that's totally valid too because, you know, you're the collector. You collect what you like. <clears throat> what else? What else? What else? Um, this is the last time I will be wearing my Orange Star GMT WZ0071DJ JDM on air. It is going away. Sniffle. Sniffle, bittersweet, but good things are coming. A new GMT is taking its place. I think everyone's going to like I hope everyone uh, uh, likes it. It's a watch I've wanted for a long time. Um, what else? Uh, cat vomit, dog vomit, uh, spouses vomiting. What else? Um... Yeah, so we each chose uh, uh, three really, really cool watches. I think for for uh, this six watches and all, really good across the price price spectrum, all the way from like twenty to forty bucks into like you know a few hundred bucks, spanning the globe as far as I'm concerned. Swiss, yeah. Russia, Japan, really, really cool shit. If you have um, suggestions for other vintage affordable dress watches you think should have made the cut, which I'm sure there are a fuck ton. Definitely let us know. Always open to hearing about that type of stuff. Um, do, 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 do. Did you have a? Didn't you have a, a watch thing update you wanted to do or a question? Yeah, but we don't have time. We Maybe don't have time, time for it. Okay. Um, then in signing off, really quick, because uh, that is that everything that I did. I miss anything? No, you got it. Okay. Oh, and in spirit of the episode, keep your ears, eyes, and orifices prepared and ready to hear more <laughs> info. I'm sorry to hear more info about. 
the new flash giveaway that we're doing for a vintage to vintage Soviet watch. We're going to be giving it away. We're doing it with the help of someone else who's a fan of the show and we're a fan of his. Um, I don't know if I should give away any details. No, it's a vintage. It's a vintage Russian watch in honor of the uh, of the of the show. It's one people talk about a lot. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Details to follow on what the watch is, how to enter. Super easy. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a flash giveaway. Um, in closing, really quick, if someone wants to buy my Janus Trading Azores, hit me up. Because <laughs> that's the last watch um, that I'll be selling. Slash getting rid of. So, uh, open to all offers, open to anything. I've worn the watch three never. times. Or three <laughs> times. Maybe never. I wore it three times. I barely wore it. Um, let me know uh, if anyone's interested. Uh, is that it? We're good. Keep your orifices ready. Sounds like what's <laughs> happening in Hollywood right now. Oh my God! So many careers <laughs> down the drain, as they should be. I mean, it's it's good that this stuff is happening. You know, I was trying to figure out how to make a Kevin Spacey joke while we were going on. <laughs> I just didn't find the moment. I just I had one in my head. I just couldn't like figure out the right moment. You know what I mean? Maybe next time. Maybe next time. I'll write them down. I'll write them down. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think it's time. Should we? Do you want to do the the uh, the, the, the outro or, or or the sign off, or should I? I don't want to go. It it's time. It's time. Thanks uh, for listening, guys. My name is Mike, and this is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Book Watch Knobs. Later. Later.